1: welcome to the spiritually-minded mom podcast i am excited to have a very special guest here today reagan ogle And I will tell you that when I first decided to start podcasting, I started researching and I went on iTunes and looked at other podcasts that were kind of in the genre that I was looking at in in motherhood of what I wanted to podcast about. And one of the podcasts I came across was called The Luckiest Mom, and Reagan is the host of that podcast. And I started listening and I fell in love with the way that Reagan encourages moms and offers hope. Her podcast is she ended her first season with 300 episodes. She po- she was podcasting almost every day and just has these really short little um, bits of encouragement. And if you get a chance, go look that up and go listen to her podcast because it is awesome. So then I started listening to her podcast and I was doing all this research. And then I attended the Salt Retreat in Gilbert back in March. And I was really excited to discover that Reagan was there. I didn't really put two and two together that she was going to be there until I actually got to the event. And she was one of the roundtable discussion leaders. And of course, I went to her session and I was so touched by her ability to share her own story in a way that was so uplifting to everyone there. And she's so relatable and just is great. So I was still in the beginning stages of my podcast and I hadn't published anything yet. And I was able to have a conversation with Reagan that day at Salt. And she was so encouraging to me. And I have wanted to have her on the podcast ever since. She is relatable. She's a light and a huge advocate for motherhood, and I'm really excited to have her on today. So, welcome to the podcast, Reagan.
0: Thank you, Darla. That was so sweet. I'm getting teary-eyed <laughs> oh, here. Oh,
1: it's all true. Oh, really, it's all true. You you really are a light, and I'm I'm excited to share you with maybe other people that haven't don't know about your podcast as well. So, well, let's go you. ahead and jump in, and just start off. Um, if you could just start off by introducing yourselves, tell us a little bit about your family, how many kids you have, all that fun stuff.
0: Sure. Um, so my name's Reagan. Uh, I'm a young mom. I'm 31 years old, and I have three children, a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a three-year-old, almost four. She'll be four next week, actually. And um, they are just such a joy. Um, not to say that they're not difficult at times and uh, make me want to hit my head on the wall, <laughs> but... <laughs> but I love them to death and they're, they're such a wonderful blessing in my life. And, um, we love to do everything together. We love to read together. We love to bike ride together and, uh, go camping and boating and you name it, we do it because when we do it together, it's the best kind of together that you can be.
1: I love that. And I love following you on Instagram because you post about some of those adventures that you do. It's it's really, really fun to see all that. So if you could describe a really good mom day, what would that look like? What would you do? How would you feel?
0: Oh, man, really good mom (laughs) day would probably be one where first I get the rest that I need the night before. Okay. Yeah. And, and that I wake up before my kids do. I've found that if I can wake up before they do and kind of get myself ready for the day, not necessarily like showered and makeup-faced and everything, but if I can just get my mind mentally prepared for, okay, this day is starting before my kids get up <laughs> and wake yeah. me up, it's it it changes everything about the day. And my husband has even pointed this out saying like, really like seeing you before I see the kids in the morning and you know it just I don't know it brings a peace to the to our home and to the day that you can't you can't get any other way so perfect mom day I would I would get I would get enough rest (laughs) I would wake up before my kids and preferably be showered and ready for the day and then I would just to hang out with them. I would, I would do what they wanted to do, ask them where they wanted to go, what they'd want to explore and what they want to see and experience. My kids are so different in their likes and their, um, interests that it's, it's so cool to get to know them and Mm -hmm. see what they think and feel. Um, so I'm sure that we would be all over the place. We would probably go to cousins' houses to play with cousins. We'd probably go uh, to the BMX bike park. We'd probably go to uh, climb trees somewhere, ride our bikes, take our dog for a walk. It would be just a day full of adventure. And um, then we'd come home and read a book and maybe watch harry potter or something <laughs> and eat and eat popcorn for dinner
1: well, that sounds idyllic. Like that just sounds super great. I I love what you said about have um getting to know the unique qualities of your kids and you know figuring yeah. out who they are. That's that's a really fun thing about motherhood. That I think I was surprised by that when I became a mom that they would all be so different and and I would have mm-hmm. to kind of figure them out. So yeah, I love I love that you said that. So like I said, that does sound really idyllic, but we all know <laughs> that's not the the total reality. We have snippets of that, but we also have a lot of difficult days. As mothers, so what keeps you going when you have a hard day?
0: Honestly, on difficult days, you really have to give yourself a timeout. You have to step back for a minute and think of why you have hard days. Um, you have to look at the the greater perspective of things and see it how God sees it. Because if you do not have those hard days, You're really not going to learn very much. You'll learn, you know, a lot of happy, fun things, but you won't gain strength. You won't gain uh, courage. You won't gain boldness without having those hard days. And you need to be strong and you need to have courage and you need to be bold to be a mom to these kids who are growing up in such a rough, rough
1: time in this world. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that you, that moms have to kind of take a time out and figure out, you know, what's the problem. How do you do that in your life?
0: Um, I actually tell my kids, I need to go have a time (laughs) out and close my bedroom door and they get it. And sometimes they let me have, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Usually they let me have about two. So I kind of have to like, hide in my room. Yeah. (laughs) Close the door, hide and either tell them like, I'll come out when I'm ready or just come get me if there's anything wrong. But a lot of times it's just, you know, just give yourself a minute to, to collect your thoughts and to collect your emotions and to get things straight in your brain so that your priorities and your perspective are in line with what your calling is as a mother.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's so important. And I've heard you talk on your podcast before about, you know, sometimes we to be a good mom, we have to be with our kids. And sometimes to be a good mom, we have to be without our kids. Yep. And it, it's a balance of all of that. And, you know, it takes some practice to figure figure that out. One, I know one of the things that I've noticed when I have a bad day as a mom, it's usually involved with what you talked about at the very beginning with sleep. Like if I haven't gotten enough sleep haven't gone to bed early enough or stayed up too late or, you know, woke up too right. early, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's usually that. And I have a little phrase that I say that fatigue is the enemy to spirituality. And and it that's an enemy to motherhood. You know, we have to get enough sleep, which, is. which, I mean, hey, if you've got a brand new baby and you're not sleeping,
0: that, that's hard.
1: <laughs> and so, you know, we got to cut ourselves some slack, but you know, it really is taking that time to figure out why am I feeling this way? And, and what do I need to do to get centered again and get back out there? And yes, we totally need that. So I, I love that you just take a time out and tell your kids, okay, mom needs a minute. We're, we're gonna mm-hmm. figure this out. It's really important. It's really important. I, it totally to do that. is. <laughs> totally. So one of the things you told me um, about your parenting philosophy is that you view your children as scientists. I had never heard that before, and I'm very (laughs) intrigued. So tell tell me, what does that mean to you, and how does that affect how you parent each of your children?
0: So I see a scientist. We'll start there. I see a scientist as somebody who asks questions and figures out how things work, why things work the way they do, and what it does for them, what it does for others. And I think that kids are exactly the same way. We all know that God is a scientist himself. He created these magnificent creations, these bodies that work in ways that even scientists don't understand. Like what is life? But God knows it. He knows what life is because he is a scientist himself. So I think of it as a godly attribute. I think that we are all scientists and trying to figure out life, trying to figure out society, trying to figure out uh, just how to be our own selves. And if you think of your kids that way, and think of the millions of questions your two and three and four-year-olds ask every day, and think of your uh, elementary age kids trying to figure out how in the world to be friends with kids that are not nice to them and your middle school kids trying to figure out who they are and where their place is in this world you and and you look at them as scientists it changes your perspective it's not annoying anymore it's not like god i wish that i wish that you would just know that you're a child of god and that you wouldn't question it and you wouldn't uh think that you're ugly because you're not It changes the whole perspective and you let them figure it out. You let them make mistakes. You let them question things that you know about them, but that they need to find truth in and they need to find strength in so that they are prepared for the path ahead of them rather than preparing the path for them
1: as parents. Oh, that, that is so profound. That is so good. <laughs> Be, I think, and I think it's a way to see our kids in a, in a divine way, you know, to, yeah. to see them as God sees them. Yeah. And I love that, you know, it does change it from being annoyed by all their questions to saying they're just navigating this world and trying to figure out who they are and where mm-hmm. they belong. And that is so good. So how does that affect how you, how you parent each of your children?
0: I think that it opens a, a, greater opportunity for communication, as well as for teaching experiences. Um, One, one problem that I have run into with this is that when I ask my kids a question, they don't know if I'm asking them or if I'm implying something. (laughs) 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 So they're like, what do you mean? They ask me all the time, what do you mean? And so I have to explain, like, I really actually do want to know, like, how your soccer game was. I'm not saying so how did your soccer game go? <laughs> it, I really do want to know how it went. And so they they just ask they ask questions and it's it I feel like it's more open and more open communication between me and my kids and of course I haven't got to the teenage years yet, so we'll see how that goes, but um so far I think it's great. I think that it it has really strengthened their their desire to understand how this world works and like why God has asked us to come here and experience this rough life <laughs> the way that he has
1: well, I think, I think you're totally on, I mean, you're on the right track. I, I am a mom of teenagers. My oldest is leaving home on Monday to go to college. Oh so goodness. I'm about to find out if I did it all the right way. I don't know. There's no right yeah. way. Right. I'm just like, right. I did the best I could, but I am, I think you're setting, you're setting the framework for when they become teenagers, that they are still going to want to talk to you and, and that you're, you're not just asking a question just to ask it like, Oh, how was your day? But you know, I think you'll, you'll probably find that you'll be able to get to them on a deeper level, because you've already mm-hmm. established that. And, and it's such an important skill to ha- teach your kids to be curious and to, you know, want to understand why they're feeling a certain way. And how, why does the world work this way? And that's a great skill, because you're not always going to be by their side. And right. so when, when they go out into the world, um, I think that philosophy is going to serve your kids well they're going to know I hope
0: so I know that's what you, that's what you hope you know
1: like and and I think it's I think um the other thing that goes along with that is so important to remember your kids are all different like I say mm-hmm. this all the time like I thought they would all be the same and they are not I mean no. I have I have two that could not be more opposite in how mm-hmm. uh, how I have to approach them and interact with them and because they're just personalities are so different and so it's just helping them to navigate all that I I love that that you know that our children are like scientists. That is, that is so good. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Okay. So you described your life as one huge change of plan. So (laughs) I would love to talk to you about that and kind of what you mean by that. And do you have specific examples that you can share? And then, you know, how, how have you dealt with your life going differently than you had expected?
0: So first my life has gone better than, than my original plan, honestly. Oh, that's good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> My plan was to go to college and graduate in nursing and get a really good job and get married and work along the way as we finished school and had kids and everything but it it just went very very differently. My I met my husband when I was 19, so I was a sophomore in college and hadn't even applied to my desired nursing school. And uh we didn't get married till almost a year and a half later, but it just really changed everything. I um I knew that we were going to get married and I knew that that's what was supposed to happen. So we did, we got married and I still had not finished my undergraduate things. And I ended up not even graduating from college because he got accepted to a chiropractic college, uh, in a different state.
1: So did you struggle at that time? Like you had this plan and oh, it yeah. wasn't, did you struggle to come to terms with that and to shift everything? Yes
0: and no. I struggled because I, it was more, I mourned the loss of the outcome of what my plan would have been. Um, but I knew that what I was doing was right all along. So it was, it was this internal (laughs) Mm -hmm. battle with, Oh man, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna graduate in two years. It'll be later um oh man i'm not going to get to finish at BYU i'm going to move to kansas and do online schooling and it ended up that i e- couldn't even do that because i found out that i was pregnant and mm-hmm. and so i couldn't even i couldn't even do online schooling i had to go get a job and figure out insurance and all of that so we had kids far earlier than Than I had planned, but God's plan is different than mine. We had a second child way sooner than I would have liked, (laughs) but but again, God's plan. And then my husband graduated school and we searched and searched and searched for jobs and houses and just couldn't find anything and nothing felt right. And uh, finally, at like the very last minute... The last hour, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, he got a internship in Idaho, right near where my family is from. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. Oh, thank goodness. We're going to just move, and you're going to have a job, and everything will be happy. And we moved, and sure enough, he couldn't take the job that he was offered there. Um, because the salary was far too low to to pay for life with two children, and so we ended up starting our starting our own business, which was not in my plan. <laughs> <laughs> and so we struggled for years and years, and we added a third baby in the mix there too. And again, timing was was not according to my watch, but to God's, and it was such a financial struggle but at the same time I look back and I'm like I'm so glad that it wasn't health I'm so glad that it wasn't marital I'm so glad that it wasn't uh children being born with other struggles rather than just financial struggles like straightforward straight out of college financial struggles I'm so glad that that's the only thing that we struggled with at that point because it would have been far harder if I had a child that was mentally disabled or handicapped in some way. It would have been so much harder if my husband and I had struggled with marital issues. It would have been so much harder. And so I just look at it as my plan would have led to different struggles. My plan would have been harder in different ways. But God's plan prepared me for what I need to be today and who I am today. And so, even though <laughs> my plan was so different, and I would have been living in Hawaii and <laughs> been, a, been a nurse, and I don't know, probably had one or two kids at this point, I wouldn't have my nine year old. I wouldn't have my seven year old. I wouldn't have been married for 10 and a half years, I wouldn't live here in Idaho, where I do live. And my husband wouldn't have this amazingly successful business that he has. So God's plan or mine, it was the right one.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And that's, that's great that you can look back and and be grateful for that and, and see that, yeah. you know, you can see the plan and that you didn't, you didn't fight against it. You just went with it and, and trusted God. That's, you know, that is a great example of trusting. I know I think about well, my daughter's 18, getting ready to leave home. And I think about mm-hmm. the, the prayers that I said when I was 18 and how I thought, you know, I had my life all figured out. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I am so <laughs> grateful. Like, so grateful that Heavenly Father did not answer those prayers. Because <laughs> like you said, my life has turned out way better um, by yeah. trusting him and, and letting his plan just come to the forefront. And, and yes. it's, it's always the best way to go.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: so Reagan, when I heard you speak at SALT, something that you said really stuck with me. And this is what I wrote in my notebook. I was taking notes. And, and you said, the biggest barrier to our connection with God is feeling unworthy of that relationship. I think, I think that's something that probably a lot of moms can relate to is feeling unworthy of having a relationship with God. So how have you overcome those feelings of unworthiness? And then what advice would you give to someone who is feeling that way?
0: So I think, especially with moms, um, the biggest thing that Satan tries to do is to make you feel guilty, to make you feel guilty for not giving your kids gushers in their lunch boxes for not <laughs> letting them stay up late for not, for not doing their laundry before they run out of underwear for not doing the things that you have set in your mind that a mother should be. And Satan really is good at making you feel guilty for these things. And you know, for not potty training your kid when they turn one and a half instead waiting until they turn two. And it's so silly to to feel guilty about that, but we do it. We do Mm -hmm. it to ourselves. I did it to myself with all three of my kids and I continue to do it. And then I have to go, stop it, stop. You have to stop. There's no reason to feel guilty with how you are parenting because God has sent those children to you for a specific reason, and it doesn't have anything to do with the clothes they wear or the things in their lunchbox or when they were potty trained. It has everything to do with how you will teach them and what you will teach them through your example and through your words and through your love. And feeling unworthy starts from feeling guilty. Mm-hmm. As soon as you start to feel guilty, then something becomes a secret. And when something becomes a secret, that's when Satan knows that he's gotcha. If you keep that a secret, then the unworthiness feeling grows and grows and grows. And it might be something so silly. You know, I was driving in my car the other day and I realized that I probably should have turned on the light, turned on my headlights on the front of my car because it was kind of like dusk.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was like, oh, I don't want to turn on my headlights, because then the cars driving the other direction will be like, oh, that idiot didn't turn on her headlights before she started driving. But then I was like, why am I feeling weird about this? <laughs> <That's just laughs>
1: Who silly. cares what someone else yeah. <laughs> thinks, right?
0: <laughs> and so I just turned them on. But then I, I just thought, that's exactly what Satan does. As soon as you think, I should have... I could have, I, I wish I had, he, he grabs onto that and he's like, yeah, yeah, you should have, yeah, you, Mm -hmm. yeah, you could have, yeah, you needed to do that before, but you shouldn't do it now because other people are going to think, oh, oh, they did it wrong. They did something wrong, but nobody, nobody probably even noticed. We're so involved in our own lives. Anyway, feeling unworthy is a normal thing because we are mortal feeling unworthy is something that satan does to us even with the smallest things like turning on your headlights and you should not let that stop you from changing because right now is better than tomorrow right now is better Mm -hmm. than tomorrow for starting to read your scriptures right now is better than tomorrow than for starting to say your prayers I think that when you feel unworthy, it's Satan trying to stop you from the good that you can do. And God is just hoping and praying that you will stop Satan from wanting you to feel that because the best way that Satan can get an entire family down is to make mom feel unworthy. Yeah, is to make her feel bad, is to make her feel bad about how she parents, how she, how she is a wife. It's to make her feel bad about not letting her kids have play dates. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, it's just, it's, it's not worth it. It's not worth it to feel bad about that stuff because it's not important in the grand scheme of things. And your, your worth is always there. It's always there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to earn that. We don't have to do anything to get it. And I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, so guilt leads to unworthiness, right? So what's right. the opposite of guilt? And I don't know, maybe you have a better word, but I keep thinking hope, you know, if we yeah. feel hope that comes from God, that is a good thing. And we we can feel hope that, no, we're not perfect, but we can, we can try again and we can, yeah. we can do better the next time. And, and we can keep trying and, you know, we're going to mess up again, but there's hope, there's hope for us. Right.
0: Absolutely. I think another, another thing that can help with that is gratitude. Gratitude feeds hope. That's really good.
1: Yeah. And
0: without, without being grateful, without being, without having your eyes opened to the blessings around you, it's really easy to get down and to feel guilty and to feel unworthy. But if you open your eyes and see the blessings that you have and and take in the joy that God has blessed you with, it's far more easier to feel hope and to see the good and to be the good and to do the good because that's what you're here for.
1: That is good. I think <laughs> I think gratitude, you know, that's like a tool in our tool belt. We, we've got some tools that we can fight against Satan. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's a big one. You know that that's huge. Gratitude is really huge. One of the other things that I know that you've done on your podcast is kind of shared your story, and I love to be able to share other people's stories as well. And sometimes I share my own story, and and um, I feel like that is really a way for all of us to connect as Mm -hmm. women and to come together. So I would love to know from you how does sharing your story help you, and how have you seen it bless others?
0: At first, I didn't think that it would really. Help others. It was more of like an audio journal for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I could come back and go, This happened for a reason for me to learn this lesson. And that's really what my podcast started out as. Um, reflecting on hard things that happened, difficult things, sometimes really great things, and teaching myself. The lessons that I learned from that moment that happening in my life. Um, but then people started to comment and say how much it's helping them and how uh it was changing how they saw motherhood. And I was surprised honestly. I I didn't really think that anybody but my mom would listen. <laughs> 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 but it I I think that it makes life real. I think that it it shows the importance of learning the lessons that we're here to learn um, and makes it so that you know you're not alone. A lot of people shared that they were going through similar things. After I shared my story at, story at SALT, they really connected with me because they had been feeling similar feelings. They had been, uh, experiencing similar things. And it's amazing to see how many people you can reach by being vulnerable yourself. Mm -hmm. And it takes a lot of courage and bravery But in the end, the outcome is so incredibly touching and exactly what God wants to happen on this earth, especially, especially, especially for women and for moms. We have this amazing ability to reach out and touch other people's lives. And the best way to do that is to get to know them. And the best way to get to know somebody is to tell them about yourself. Because they'll go, oh, me too. Oh, I, ha- I have something like that, except it's a little different. And then you'll go, oh, how interesting. And then it just grows into this amazing relationship and bond that you can't break. When you have something in common with somebody, it's an amazing builder of relationships. It's, It's kind of like if we really actually truly understood that we were children of God. And we knew that he's there for us. And we know that if we pray and we read our scriptures, that God is there for us. And we truly like internally knew that fact. Our relationship with God would be unbreakable. Our doubts and our fears would be gone. Because we would know without a shadow of a doubt that God is there. And that's exactly how we connect to people here, because we're all spiritual beings. We're all children of God. And the way that we connect to people is knowing them.
1: I, lo- I love that. And that's something I think about all the time. You know, how can we come together as women to and as mothers to mm-hmm. support each other? We need each other. If you are barricading yourself and keeping everything in, you know, you can't, you can't survive that way. We we need right. each other. We, we have to open up. And you know, it's harder for some people than others, but take the first step and be the one to do that with someone else. And you don't have to have a podcast to do that. You know, you can do that. Go on a walk with your friend and, and share your stories or bump into someone at the carpool and (laughs) talk for five minutes and you might, I mean, I've had that happen recently where just random meeting with someone and the connection that I, that I've made has just been profound in my life and Mm -hmm. made, made a huge difference. And I, I just love that message that, you know, we need to be vulnerable and come together and, and share our stories. It's, it's scary and hard, but it's good. And it's what God wants yep. for us for sure. Yep.
0: Exactly. And I'm a firm believer that you have something to learn from every single person that you ever meet. And the only way that you're going to do that is to get to know them.
1: It's so true. And, you know, sometimes it's be- we connect with someone because we feel like, yeah, me too. Like, I get that. But sometimes mm-hmm. we learn something totally different, e- even if we haven't experienced it. And really, we all have one thing in common, and that's that we're children of God. Right. And so if you look at it that way, we can all build on that. Right. Yes. I have one final question for you, and that is, how have you seen and felt God as your partner in motherhood?
0: Oh, man, how have I not? He is who I cry to, (laughs) he's who I, sorry, I'm going to get emotional. He's who I share my whole entire heart and feelings with. And he, he just knows, he knows before I even share, he knows what's going on with my kids probably better than I do. He knows what's going on with my husband probably better than I do. So, to share those triumphs and those and those struggles with somebody who just truly can feel it with you is a huge huge strength as a mom. Uh, like we were just talking about, if we don't, if we just bottle it up, if we just don't share, then we're gonna turn into somebody that's really bitter and really really sad and depressed and down but God is your biggest partner in motherhood and in life really even if you're not a mom he is somebody who can really empathize and who can lift you up when you're feeling down and I think that's one of the biggest struggles with motherhood is is feeling down and feeling alone and you don't need to. You don't need to feel that because God is there and he's just waiting for you to kneel down. He's waiting for you to kneel down and pray to him.
1: You know, I think we could sum it up, get out there and make connections, make conne- make a connection with God by opening up to him, open up to other people. And we'll all be better off when we do that. Absolutely. That is so great. Well, Reagan, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I appreciate you, Darla.
0: Thank you for having me. It's been really great.